in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. Welcome to the show, Brady Galbraith, alongside Randy Globoker and Zach Schefter. I'm Brady Haldmeyer. Welcome to the Wake and Take podcast. And the Vikings are 0 and 3. A very disappointing Sunday for the Vikes. They had their moments. Uh, they had some very bad moments. Anyway, it ended up being 28 to 24 in favor of the Chargers. Same old Minnesota Vikings. Uh, end of game mismanagement. I think is the the big storyline coming out of this one. Um, after picking up the fourth down conversion um, with 32 seconds left, I believe is when TJ Hawkinson was tackled at the three-yard line. 32 seconds left in the game. The Vikings don't snap the ball until 12 seconds uh, to go in the game for their next snap. They didn't clock it. It was essentially TJ Hawkinson picking up the first down, walking back to spot the ball or give the ball to the ref to spot it like it was the middle of the first quarter and and we're up 7-0. There was zero urgency. And the play is all over Twitter if you want to go take a peek. Um, rewatch that. I know everybody saw it, but zero urgency. And it wasn't just TJ. The offense alignment, zero urgency to get to the ball. Kirk Cousins, zero urgency. They didn't even get set in a formation to snap the ball until about 19 seconds to go. They wasted 13 seconds just standing around half the team doing the quiet motion to the home crowd who's so pumped up after getting that first down and extending the ball game and having a chance to win. All of a sudden, spike the ball. 30 seconds to go. We got three plays to score. Uh, what they decide to do is to waste 20 seconds. So from 32 down to 12, they snapped the ball. Kirk, it was actually a pretty good throw um, to TJ Hawkinson. Back-to-back plays goes to TJ, puts it in the only spot that TJ could catch the ball, and he got two hands on it. Defender all over him. But the ball is in the right spot. It maybe could have been a little more to TJ's left, uh, but a very catchable ball. He doesn't come up with that ball. It's tipped in the end zone and ultimately intercepted um, with just a few ticks left in the ball game. So the Vikings, they drop to 0-3, and the sky is apparently falling, BG, because the schedule, it doesn't get much easier. We do go to Carolina next week. That should be a win. You come back home, you play the Chiefs, and then you go on the road to play the 49ers. One in five is a very realistic possibility, even 0 and 6. Uh, we can't take anything for granted right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even feel confident um, going into Carolina and saying that the Vikings are going to come away with a win. And why should I after three straight losses where, you know, we haven't functioned uh, efficiently on offense? Um, we haven't really played stellar defense by any means uh, this season, especially this last loss against the Chargers. Um, the Chargers had 475 total yards. Uh, Justin Herbert had 405 passing yards, and he threw 40 completions on just 47 attempts. So just very efficient throughout the whole the whole game. He get to Keenan Allen literally whenever he wanted, um, having 18 catches for 215 yards. And you know, with the Brian Flores defense that's supposed to come in and totally shift it, um, the landscape from Ed Donatel last year, it hasn't really shown so far this year. Uh, 28 points against the Chargers defense. Isn't horrible, um, but having one sack against Justin Herbert um, with a defense that should rush the passer and should bring the blitz just about more than any other team in the NFL, um, we we haven't seen it really take place and help the Vikings so far. Uh, There was lapses on defense, a Caleb Evans that turned into a touchdown to Josh Palmer, 
Um, and there's lapses on offense, like you said, especially towards the end of the game where we're running 20 seconds off the clock um, on the five-yard line or whatever it was, which shows a lack of discipline from the players on the field with Hawkinson not getting up there, with the O-lineman uh, not sprinting back to the ball. But also, I just don't think – I think that part of it has to fall on the coaches because the players did not look ready for that situation and that scenario, which they should have been because they're NFL players and we have a veteran quarterback in Kirk Cousins. But it looks like they hadn't prepared for that at all, where if you just think about Mahomes in that situation or some of the other stellar quarterbacks – they're going to run up there, and they're either going to spike the ball or Rodgers, he'd probably get a fake spike it and throw a fade. Um, where obviously the ball doesn't bounce our way to Hawkinson and goes to the Chargers. And like I said before, the ball doesn't bounce our way and goes from a Caleb Evans to Josh Palmer. So far, it's only been three weeks, but I think we're really seeing that, you know, these, these balls that aren't going our way or these little things that aren't going the Vikings' way, it's the total opposite of last year. I don't think we're uh, – we didn't have the, the – caliber of a roster to, to go 13 and four like we did last year but we put stuff together and a lot of stuff went our way and now we're seeing here although it's only short three games in the season stuff is not going our way like it did last year and we kind of relied on that and and now you know we're looking at our, ourselves in the mirror going into Carolina potentially going oh and four our first four games yeah it's certainly a very realistic possibility you touched on the defense and all the blitzing um, the the blitz rate today was 41 percent of the time um, Brian Flores and the defense for the Vikings were sending at least one extra blitzer. And, and the problem is with doing that, if you're sending five, six, seven, sometimes even eight guys, they did that a whole bunch of times. Uh, and, and you get one sack, and the one sack being the Daniil Hunter strip sack, where he, he didn't sack him, he just knocked the ball uh, out of Herbert's hand. Herbert jumped on it. That counts as a sack. Uh, that That's your only sack for blitzing 41% of the time. That leaves your very inexperienced, uh, undersized, and, and at times just, downright dreadful secondary out to, to burn. I mean, out to hang, I guess, or whatever I'm trying to say. But if you're not blitzing, if sorry, if you're not getting to the quarterback while you're blitzing, we're screwed. We, we do not have the secondary to do that. And so there's going to have to be some sort of, uh, I don't know, either moving away from the blitzing or, or putting extra corners in the game or putting, I don't even know what they're going to do, but the defense right now is a disaster. Uh, the offense, which should be, better than they were last year, which was a top-five offense in the NFL, uh, they're looking completely hopeless at times, and they can't even pick up first downs, and, and there's so many three-and-outs. And, yes, they do have the sustained drives at times. They had six passes today over 20 yards. J.J., another big day, getting his first touchdown of the year uh, on a you know deep over in the middle. He went for 52, just basically outran two people. but And then he almost got caught from behind because um, he was showboating. And that gets back to another point. This team is totally undisciplined, totally undisciplined. Uh, they're lazy. They, they make very careless mistakes. You saw that last week with J.J. throwing the ball out of the end zone. Nobody, You don't die for the pylon unless it's fourth down. It was, I don't know, first. it was a, it was a first down play. Uh, that did, and that's, that's last week. But still, I mean, there's so many times today when Alexander Madison, T.J. Hawkinson, even Justin Jefferson, careless with the football. K.J. Osborne on his touchdown. He's holding the ball with one freaking hand. Get two hands on the ball, dude, or at least tuck it up tight. The ball's coming on the ground every other freaking play. The, the, the lack of attention to detail for this team is shocking. And this is really the first day that I was scratching my head looking at KOC, thinking, this guy is not the answer. This guy looks awful. 
he should be on the hot seat right now for the, the way he's handled himself at the end of some of these games and, and some of the play calling and the way this team is performing. I mean, obviously, they're not going to fire him after one bad year. They were great last year. They won a bunch of one-score games. They set an NFL record, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, this team was doing the same things last year. Undisciplined mistakes, poor turnovers, very poorly timed uh, penalties. And, and the reason why they had to win so many of those one-score games is because of a lack of discipline. And that's squarely on the coaches. That, that shit should 100% fall on KOC. And, and at the end of the game, you know, you're talking about the decision to spike or run a play. That should, that should also be on KOC. Kirk Cousins needs to know that he has the ability to call play there and he doesn't have to wait to try to hear what the coach is saying at your home stadium when there's 30 seconds left in the game, the crowd's going nuts. Kirk Cousins does not have the, the green light, or at least he doesn't think he has the green light to just go up and call play. Or just spike the ball, but have some sort of freedom there. And, and that, to me, goes back to KOC. Zach Briel, your thoughts? Uh, I was going to ask you, do you think that it's a flu- last year was a fluke then? You think this is kind of the same stuff we're dealing with I mean, kind of. last year? The only difference between this year and last year is last year we score. Mm-hmm. Last year, TJ Hawkinson, after all the mistakes, after the laziness, after all the drop balls, and not just from TJ, but the whole team, we score. We mm-hmm. score there, we win the game, we forget about the rest yeah. of it. Or we say, oh, we got to clean up here, we got to tighten a few things up. But winning fixes everything, and we talked about that last year. Winning fixes everything. And, yeah. and if, if TJ Hawkinson comes down with that ball in the end zone, we're not worried about running 20 seconds off the clock. We're not worried uh, about KJ dropping a, a brilliant throw and a brilliant route that would have won the game. Mm-hmm. On you know, It was going to be a tough catch, but he got a hand on it. Uh, if you get a hand on it in the NFL, you should make that, you should make that play. Um, but yeah. it's, it's an interesting point. Winning does make you forget about everything. And, and the more I watch these games, the more <clears throat> I think that, yeah, some of this did look like last year. Um, or I was thinking about this more kind of on the way home after the game. I was like, some of these games did look like last year, but like you said, we came out on top instead of on the bottom of these games. And I think it's going to be the exact opposite of, of last season where we're probably going to lose 10 one score games instead of win 10 one score games. And I think that's just, we ran out of luck. Um, but that's interesting about the, the KOC. I didn't, even th- I didn't even think about him being the problem here. Um, yeah, I mean, he's gotten only only good things for the most part from the media. I mean, he's getting ripped yeah. today. Um, his post-game press conference, I don't have it uh, clipped up, but um, he basically went in there and said, uh, there's a couple things that went into it, the crowd noise being one of them, talking about that <laughs> last drive. He's like, the crowd yeah. noise, we couldn't get the play in, our microphones weren't working, we couldn't. We couldn't get the play into Kirk, and it's like, well, why does Dude, there what? have to be a play? Yeah, yeah I was going to say that. that should why be not in Lambeau? In yeah, December. I was going to say if You're they in can't your home stadium inside, and you can't get a play figured out with a quarterback who's been in the league about ten years. Yeah, yeah. that's a huge problem. If you can't, if the, the home crowd noise is your problem, if that's your excuse, that's a big, that's that's a problem. And it's not like we went on some sort of epic march down the field with a minute left. We were gifted the game. <laughs> yeah, I we know. were gifted the game. We got oh, the ball on the twenty-four yard line with like a minute and some change left on the clock. All we had to do was go score a touchdown, and we have the, even the two, the two injuries. Uh, Hawkinson goes down. I'm forgetting who the other one was. But JJ. JJ goes down the first play. Uh, we get like a 90-second break where it should have been all communicated right there. Kirk, here's, yeah. the, here's the two plays we're running. If we if we don't get uh, the clock stop, we're either going to spike the ball or we're going right into this play. He communicates that with everything, everybody. That should have been what happened there. We pick up a first down here, we're spiking the ball. Or we pick up a first down, we're going into right into this play. Everybody knows their positioning, where to go, where to line up. You don't need guys running across the formation. Um, and that's what was going on with 
the precious time ticking away on the clock. Um, and I don't know if they, I don't know. I don't know if they thought, oh, we only need one play. We got one play. We can score. That's all we need. Um, but it, it was just ridiculous. And Alexander Madison, I touched on it, but the fumbles, he is just so, so lazy with the football in his hand. And it's unbelievable. I think he had three fumbles today. He only got credited for, I don't even know if he got credited for any of them. Um, but because I think they all came after the whistle or after oh, yeah. he, he got he saved on that one. one too when he was taking the, the handoff line. from Kirk. Yeah. And I don't know if it was Kirk or Madison, yeah. but it's just the common denominator is that Madison is in these situations. And when he holds onto the ball, I think he's a great runner and he's strong and he finishes his runs. But I think so far this season, after three games, the Vikings have eight lost fumbles. And watching Red Zone today, they're saying like, it was the first turnover of the year for the Packers today. It was the first turnover of the year for some other team. Could you imagine where we would be right now if we had this was our first turnover? We'd probably be three and zero, two and one at least. Yeah, at least two and one at the at the bare minimum. And it's on the coaches and it's on the players. So I think so far through three games, you're seeing that it's a mixture of the players not being ready and the coaches not being ready and having the players ready for the games. Yeah, um, it's it's unfortunate and it's it's tough to see. And I, I was thinking about this. When's the last time that we've seen a complete game from the Vikings? Like, I don't even know if I can think of one from last year. We had some great wins like that Buffalo Bills game, but they kind of handed us that game in some certain situations. When has there been a complete game where we've been in, you know, in a comfortable position? Probably well, week one last week year. Week one Packers. Packers. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was was the last game. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy to say, but it honestly has been. And we have a, we have a great team. Um, when we put it together, we have a great team. A, a lot of talent, but... We're not winning by two possessions against these bad teams, um, even some medio- mediocre teams. Just like every Sunday, okay, let's see what we do. I'm not confident that we're going to win, um, and I don't know if we're going to lose either. It just seems like that's a weekly occurrence now. We can beat anybody, but we can lose to anybody. Yeah, and, and the two trips, three trips really, to the red zone in the fourth quarter, we got points on one of them. Uh, and the last two, getting zero points in the red zone in the fourth quarter. Can't have that happen. And some of that's on J.J. too. Uh, JJ not being lined up, not, and that was just pure laziness. And, and he runs across on the fourth and whatever it was, fourth and goal, I think, um, or fourth and two play, whatever it was. They call him for a legal motion because his lazy ass does not set his feet. He jogged, he did his little JJ jog across the thing, and he just started he's hopping around and they snapped the ball. And it was a terrible play. We didn't score anyway, so it didn't matter. But that's, that's just the little things. It's, this is the little things. I mean, what if we do score on that play? And then all of a sudden we go back and it's now now it's fourth and seven, okay sweet. Uh, so now they're going to probably kick a field goal with with that was with four minutes and some change left in the fourth quarter. But like that right there, four minutes to go in the game. That doesn't happen to well coached teams. That happens to lazy teams that have you know Lululemon wearing head coaches who aren't hammering down on these guys in practice. Does he wear you have to, I don't know, probably. <laughs> I could see his closet at home having a lot of Lululemon yeah. there. You have to have some sort of discipline. And I don't care if you're going to be a player's coach, you're going to be buddies with JJ, you're going to do whatever, but there has to be some sort of discipline and some sort of leadership role in there where you're hammering down on these guys when they make dumb mistakes like that. And there was just too many of those. And it was the same thing last year. It was laziness, it was sloppiness. And that that shit didn't happen under Mike Zimmer, at least for the first few years. It started to happen in the end, and that's why we got fired. Uh, And we need to be looking at the Vikings through the same lens as when we were looking at them with with Mike Zimmer, when they do this kind of shit all the time at end of the games, where they'd have terrible managed clock. And and they ended up winning some of those games too. But we bring in this young, hot shot offensive coordinator from the Super Bowl-winning Rams, and and year two, 
We're 0-3. We look sloppy as shit. Our offense is horrible, super inconsistent, and we got lazy players on both sides of the ball. And, and we're not flying around at all. The Chargers defense, they were flying around. They were the statistically worst secondary in the NFL entering today, and we made wow. them look like one of the best defenses in the NFL. And they were missing J.C. Jackson. They're like only good. They're only good corner. And Joey Bosa um, got hurt the, during yeah, the game, too. The, the, the question I have for you Vikes fans um, is – uh, let's assume that Kirk is not coming back next year um, and the Vikings don't go out and sign a veteran quarterback um, and have to rebuild with either a rookie, maybe you're trading to you know some backup or, or whoever it might be. It, it's, you're rebuilding a quarterback. Is, is Casey the guy to um, is he the guy to, uh, to to lead that comeback or, do you think that you need someone else in there um, to, to rebuild this team? Because regardless of how the rest of the roster looks, I mean, there's been so few examples of, you know, let's say you go with a rookie, so few examples of rookie quarterbacks coming out and having um, a great first year, um, unless they sit maybe a year or two, but like it's it's not going to be good next year if you go into the draft. And is, is KOC the guy to, to lead this team through that rebuild? I mean, I don't. They're not going to fire him after this year. So, if I don't know what Quasey is going to do in the front office, and and he was, you know, he deserves a lot of blame too. Uh, I mean, we still haven't seen Lewis seen. We still haven't seen Andrew Booth Jr. other than on special teams, and Booth Jr. is so bad on special teams. He plays. Uh, he's he's the gunner on punt return, and I kid you not, every single freaking time we punt, whoever is on his side of the field has a free rush <laughs> at our guy. It's awful. He is so bad. Uh, and that's his first two guys taken in the draft last year. They haven't done anything for us. So uh, you, you can't you can't just go to one draft and say, like, oh, he missed those two picks and that's he should be gone. But you're starting to pile up with bad decisions. And for Rick Spielman to make it 12 years with the Vikings or however long it was, it was a long time. He had a lot of good picks. He had a lot of bad picks. Uh, so far out of Quasey, we've seen pretty much only bad moves. I can't think of one thing that's been good so far. TJ Hawkinson, now the highest paid tight end in the NFL, awful today. And he's been pretty bad all season. Uh, and granted, we're only three games in, and he's had some good catches and some good some good things as well. He scored the first touchdown against Philly, which was awesome. But he, I don't know. I mean, he, to me, it's this is a very – I mean, this move right now to just looking only at the TJ Hawkinson thing, that, that alone right now could be a fireball offense if that goes – uh, pear shape the next couple of years because we got him locked up for a long time now and he's not doing a whole lot in our offense. I don't know. I think I'm not one ever to compliment the Green Bay Packers, but what I do like about them is how they, uh, you got to respect their, how they um, bring new quarterbacks into their system. And they've only brought in three in the last 30 years, but you got to respect how they've done that. Let a guy, dude, draft a guy. I don't know what Kirk's contract looks like. And I don't know if it would be smart if to sign him to a one deal year deal if his is up at the end of this year. I don't know how I, I really don't know how NFL contracts work, but to have to draft a guy not in like the fourth round, like Cullen Munn, Cullen Munn, we drafted a couple years back, like literally dr- draft a guy like you mean it, quarterback, have him sit behind Kirk a couple years and have Kirk do what they do and what, what they did with Love because Love already looks pretty damn good. Um, and what they did with Favre and Rodgers. Two, two things I'll say on that. One, um, the way the way the NFL works with the quarterback now is you have to take a shot in the first round at one of the guys that are all hyped up, and once they you once you figure out they aren't the guy, you got to move on. 
you saw that the Cardinals did that with um, with Jeff uh, uh, with Rosen. Um, you saw the Niners do it trading um, Trey Lance over to the Cowboys, um, and then second and, and y'all can speak on this the Vikings better than I can. But I I truly believe um, the thing that the thing that makes the Packers such a good organization is we don't have a singular owner who can get meddlesome and, you know, he wants to sell tickets. So he wants to sign the big, you want to sign the big flashy player in the off season. Like we are run like a football organization. There's no one in there, you know, getting their hands dirty and, you know, shaking things up. I don't know. I don't think the Vikings are, um, is it, is it the Wolf family? Wolf. A Wolf family. I don't, from what I've read, I don't think the Wolf family is, like that, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they don't want to rebuild. They don't want to be the Chicago Bears and, yeah. and tank for. They they've said that, and that's really been the only involvement I've heard from the Wilfs from the owners. But I mean, they they seem but, like they're pretty good owners. But also, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I but, think the jury's still out on Jordan Love. But I mean, we, we can so, talk. We can talk. About, we can talk about that? Jordan Love later. But but I think though that's that's the purgatory though that I feel like the Vikings have been in for the past 10, 15 years is like. You don't want to do the full rebuild. You keep reloading, and you're gonna you're gonna win a couple of playoff games here and there. You're gonna win the division every couple of years, but you're you know you're just a couple pieces away from having that team that's gonna you know that that's gonna put it together. And you know maybe maybe it's time for a reset. And, and if the ownership isn't open for that, then then the criticism criticism has to go there. Yeah, I think it'll really depend on where we end up record wise because there's. You know, if we make the playoffs, that's a very different scenario than if we go 5-12 and 12 this year, which I think both can still happen. We go 5-12 and 12 this year, or we make the playoffs, even though that sounds crazy to say. We have the talent to make the playoffs now, especially with the expanded wild card um, in the playoffs. But who knows? I think that if we have a bad season, this is a really strong quarterback draft coming up. Um, I think there's three or four really good quarterbacks coming. We're not going to get Caleb Williams, but Bo Nix is a great quarterback. There's Drake May, great quarterback. Right, the I think dude that, from uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, he's super uh, Sam, impressive. Mm-hmm. Sam Hartman. Hartman. Cam, Cam Rising hasn't even played yet for Utah. He's Quinn gonna, Ewers, yep, too. Quinn from Ewers. Texas. Yep. I mean, there's a wow. lot of good quarterbacks out yeah. here. It's a very strong quarterback class where, you know, if, you don't, if you're not the worst three teams, you can still get a good quarterback. You may have to trade up depending on where we land, but I think it's, it's going to depend on where we land up, but it's Kirk's last year in the contract. Um, we do have a younger team now. Um, we've moved on from a lot of veterans in the past two years. So I think it could potentially make sense, but you got to make it work with Jefferson. I don't know if he's going to be all right with a rookie quarterback coming in. Um, I would say that he probably won't and doesn't want to go through those growing pains when he's in the prime of his career. So there's a lot of different components. Would to he want to go elsewhere then? Would he want to trade and then I just, have to get rid of him? He's less of a diva than Diggs for sure, but I still feel like Jefferson has a little bit of a diva to him. And, I mean, he's the best receiver in the NFL right now. He's yeah. pretty much in his prime, pretty dang close to his prime. And to be on a on a team with a, a rookie quarterback, it just doesn't sound too appealing to him. So, so what do we knows. do? Do we have to sign Kirk again? Like, I like Kirk. But like, but first of all, would we be able to, would we be able to afford him? Uh, and second of all, does that make sense over starting from scratch? That's the question. And, and, and there is a fear um, in... Uh, NFL receivers of like Calvin Johnson syndrome of being stuck with a okay or bad team for most of your career and just like not being able to go like even like staff him and Stafford put up crazy numbers but just not being able to win and that's mm-hmm. why he retired as early as he did and um, I know that that 
that feeling is, is, is still pertinent in the minds of NFL receivers today. So, I mean, yeah, like if you want to keep JJ, you got to you got to turn it around quick. Yeah, and so far every year that Jefferson has been on the Vikings, he's been on a good NFL team, but he'd be on his worst NFL team the year that we draft a rookie quarterback, yeah. I would guess. Yeah, a lot just depends on how they finish out the season, where it goes. I don't think they're going to get rid of Kirk mid-season. There's obviously all the rumors flying around on Twitter that, you know, the Vikings, not rumors, but people like suggesting, oh, the Vikings should trade Kirk to the Jets, which actually would be pretty awesome. Who would we take for Wilson? I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it would be draft picks. The first round pick. That they and then just finish out bad yeah. so we can get a good draft pick. Yeah, I'm guessing they wouldn't give away wep- any weapons, but yeah, we just get some draft picks, maybe a couple offensive line pieces or something, but I, was yeah, I don't know. We're going to want offensive line pieces from the, the Jets, that offense line. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Hot guard. Take some D-line. Yeah, maybe some pieces D-liner. The Jets, Quinn and Williams. But, I mean, man, we're in a, we're in a bad spot right now. They, they should. I do expect the Vikings to beat Carolina, that game in Carolina next Sunday. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tough spot right now. The offensive line again, just terrible today. Kirk pressured all the time. It felt like, um, I have the numbers up somewhere here on, uh, four sacks on hits. Yeah, it was four sacks. QB hits were super high as well. Um, I think, let's see, where did this go? But it also, I mean, some of it, a little bit, it's on Kirk as well. I mean, you just see how easy it is for, um, for the Chargers um, to get pressure on Kirk because he's not mobile at all. And, and it's not like the Chargers have some sort of legendary pass rush. Like, they're a bad defense. Like I said, coming into the day, they're not a good defense. Um, and the Vikings were able to run the ball a little bit, especially early in the game. I think Madison had something like 98 yards uh, on the ground or 94 yards. So they, they got the running game going a little bit, but then there was just there was nothing. The play action, not there. Kirk has zero time. Um, and some of that's on him. Most of it, I would say, is on the offensive line. Um, and I think a fair amount of it is on the play calling, too. You know, if you look at the Chargers, we brought a lot of pressure, um, but obviously Herbert going 40 for 47, he didn't feel pressure because they have quick routes. Like the Packers have done so many years with Rodgers. It's those quick slants. It's those quick routes where the Vikings, we have some great route combinations, but they take a long time to develop, and we'll get a wide-open KJ. We'll get a wide-open Jefferson. But that's only if our O-line can give Kirk three or four seconds, where most of the time, you know, he's going to have less than three seconds, and you just need to get those balls out. And the Chargers made it look so easy um, against us. And a lot of the offenses in the NFL um, have those quick-hitting plays, which the Vikings have seemed to never really understand for whatever reason. Seem to have lost the – I don't know, I must have clicked on a different article, but I had it somewhere where QB hits. Anyway, Kirk under a lot of pressure again today. Um, he, he was pretty dang good though. I would say for the majority of the game, he was, he was pretty accurate with his balls really in the interception. I wouldn't put on him. Um, I, I would put some of the game management stuff at the end of the game on him, but just a, a pathetic performance from the Vikings. They're lazy. They don't fly around at all. They don't make, uh, they just don't look like they, they want to play for each other either. Even after big plays, like even after big long touchdowns and big sacks on defense they're not celebrating together i mean they are a little bit but not the way other teams are and you can you can almost tell a little bit um in the way that koc now is kind of dealing with the media the last few weeks he seems to have closed off a little bit he's not the gregorious happy and obviously when you're losing you're not going to be like that anyway but uh, it seems like there's been a little bit of a shift um with the way the vikings and how the, I guess the press conferences have gone um, the last couple of weeks. So 
I don't know, a lot to fix, a lot to work on. Hopefully a get-right game in Carolina next week, um, and hopefully they can just put everything together and we can have a good feeling going into uh, the game here at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's a Saturday, or a, um, sorry, a Sunday, 325, um, but I could be wrong on the time, 325, um, two weeks from today. And then it's 49ers on the road, I believe. Uh, the, the week after. So a very difficult schedule moving forward. Um, any final thoughts from Vikings game to wrap up uh, a 28-24 to 24 home loss? I think what makes it, it's both optimistic and so frustrating is that every game has been a winnable game this season, and we're 0-3, which is great because we can compete even when we play bad in these games, but it's so frustrating because we've seen it week in, week out, a game that we could have won, but this is why we lost. Week one, week two, week three, similar but different stories, and here we are, week three, oh and three. So something's got to change, but it's just the little stuff like we talked about. It's just maintaining possession of the ball, flying around the ball, doing everything that you know we're capable of doing. It's just a, a matter of fact of personal behavior and actually going out there and doing that. So we'll see if we're talking about this week four against Carolina. And I wouldn't be surprised if we lose that game. I wouldn't be surprised if we win. That's just how it's been going so far. If we're 0-4, sell the team. <laughs> sell the team. Move them. A-Rod, come by us. Yeah, <laughs> move us. Get them out of here. No, just kidding. We're going to live and die with the Vikes. Always cheering them on, obviously, hoping for the best. But, yeah, it's a it's a tough, tough Sunday to be a Vikings fan right now. But we do have something to look forward to. We will talk Gophers, which we don't, <laughs> we don't want to look forward to that. But let's talk a little baseball because we haven't talked baseball in a long, long time. And we got Zach Briel here, so let's chat. I know, Zach, I didn't give you any heads up on talking oh, baseball, fine. but it comes straight off the dome for it's you. Um, so, Twins clinching the Central. I don't know when the last time we won the Central is. Did we win it? Uh, we were wild card last year, A few, right? few years ago. Years ago. Like three years ago? I was looking okay. at it the other day. My, uh, was it the COVID maybe? year? Was it? I think it was the COVID year when we only played 60 year, games. The Bomba squad? Uh, that was 19. That was 19. Oh, they Bomba definitely squad. won it that year, though. We, we might have won it when we had a 60-game schedule. Okay. We did. Yeah, when it was six a game, we won it. And then maybe the year before, we won as well. Okay, so yeah, it might have been. Is, is that what they said? Did they say three years? Or were you not sure? I think 2019 is the last full year. Full year that we won. Gotcha. If you count that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Dude, this year, it's been weird, man. I don't know. It, it, it's been coming from a lot of different places, this, this success here. And half the success is because our division is so shitty. Uh, we would not be in the playoffs um, in any other division in baseball. You got to take it when you can get them. And I think I like our chances more with, with zero target on our back. Uh, I think we give ourselves a target losing 18 straight here. I mean, that's everyone's going to be thinking about that. And if Baldelli says they're not even, if he says that in a press conference and our first playoff game, he's like, we're not thinking about that. He's lying. Well, I saw Everybody's some player already it. came out and said, we're going to win a game. Really? Yeah. I it's, forget who it was, but it's kind of oh, no. sad when that's their goal. We're going to win a game. A game. Not the yeah. series at home. But I don't even care. I mean, this it seems like the the pitching staff is just so deep. Our our starting yeah, yeah. our starting pitching is so deep yep. that it feels like they're gonna have a chance to win a series. Absolutely, certainly, hopefully, win a game, and maybe I don't know. Who knows? Maybe make a little run, which yeah. would be so awesome. Is there any chance of that? Or is I mean, uh, some key guys just went down. Oh boy. Really bad time. Lewis and and Correa. I, I know he's Correa is a really polarizing figure right now. You love him, you hate him. He's amazing in the field. He has had his by far worst statistical season at the plate by far. And it makes you kind of think that what the Giants and Mets sign him, where they signed him, and, and then they're like, oh, wait, we're not going to sign him. Or maybe they, maybe they, I don't know if they technically signed him. But I, it's that 
patella or I can't remember what it's called, but it's a nagging injury. His foot there, right? His foot there, yeah. And is it plantar? Plantar fasciitis. fasciitis. I just think yeah. it's something like that. Okay. So that's concerning. I, I, I don't know if Lewis is 10-day DL. It looks like Correa is too. I'm seeing an article. They're on the both twins. 10 day. This was four days ago, so maybe it's changed since. But okay. four days ago, he was put on the 10 day. Yeah, so it, the timeline is a little scary because I think the playoffs are October 1st. I, th- I believe that's when we would I be think scheduled we played to the play. Third. The third Start is it? a week from Tuesday. I, I do believe we were announced to play the third because they were selling tickets, obviously. Okay. And I think it was the third and fourth, but I. Yeah. Gotcha. Tuesday is the third. So that is. Really scary looking at Lewis and Correa gone for that first playoff game because then you just look at who would be in place of them in the field for some reason is my biggest concern. But it'd be go ahead. Oh, I was to say who um who should twins fans be rooting for to win that sixth wild card spot? Yeah, uh, the, uh, the Astros or the Mariners? Because the Mariners the Mariners are a scary team. It's a fun team to watch. They hit a ton of dingers, ton of interesting guys on that team. Yeah. But I I if I was a Twins fan, I feel like I'd rather not play them. But yeah, maybe we, maybe the 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 numbers say that actually you should want to play the Mariners. We we were talking about this. I can't remember who it was. So the consensus was we want to play the Rangers, and we had success with them earlier in the month. Here, we played seven. I think we had a between. It was like a series, three game, a four game series, and then a three game series with Cleveland, and then a, a four game series. It was seven games within ten days of each other or something like that versus Texas. And we, I think we took five of seven or something like that. Five of seven. And I don't think Scherzer is going to be available for them for Texas. I don't think so. Obviously, uh, DeGrom is, was out for the year a while ago. I think Texas peaked at a very early time and they're just kind of hanging on. And well, I think they're going to make the playoffs. It, it, they, they've had a great season. Well, Texas, so uh, Texas has... Um Let's see. They play a three-game series against the Angels, so you'd think uh, that could be three wins. Yep. And then they close out with a four-game series against the Mariners. Oh, that's going to decide are, everything. Now, now they are they are two and a half games up on the Strohs. Now the Strohs. The Rangers are. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I yeah, did not know yeah, that. So, yeah, oh, that so, must have changed. Okay. Yeah, so no, the, okay. The, yeah. So right now the the sixth seed is either the Astros or the Mariners. Oh, the Mariners what? are out of the playoffs. So as of right now, just but, half okay. a game back. But Astros, gotcha. the Astros play three games uh, the next three days against the Mariners. Okay. And then they close out with the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks have, have been on fire. Yeah, dude, that's, so, wow, I mean, it's, that's it's, very it's, interesting. It's up in the air. We probably won't know until we record on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, a better idea, but there's some scary teams that you could play. Dude, I know. And that's, it's exciting though, too. Uh, you, you, this time of year is that there's so many people still involved. I think the Blue Jays right now, what is it? What does it say? The wild card is what it was the four five and six teams. It um, blue? It goes, is it Blue Jays? This is excellent That's, podcasting right here. No, you're good. Goes, no, my, dude, I didn't know the Rangers were two and a half up on the Astros. For some reason, I thought the Astros would take it uh, goes, running away um, from them. It goes Rays, Blue Jays, Houston, Seattle. Okay. Oh, that's super interesting. Um, Toronto's two games up on the Strohs. Strohs are a half game up on the, uh, the Mariners. I believe the Strohs play tonight. Well, I'll so, tell you who we don't want to play. We don't want to play the Astros. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, let's we're stay away from lose. them. If we yeah. play the Astros, we're done. We're, we're done. We're yeah. going to get swept. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, so is it first round is three games or a three, three games. game series? Yep. yep. Okay. And because they change, I don't know when they find, I don't know when they put that third wildcard team in, but it's amazing now that they don't have the, that, just the home, one though. game series. It's all, it's all at home. So yeah. I don't think we travel. Of, best two of three at home for the first series. Yes. And then it goes to seven games the rest of the way. The rest of the way. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, 
five, five, and then five, five seven, seven. seven. Yep. Okay. yep. So, but it is so much better than that one stupid game they would play. Yeah. That was the dumbest damn thing I, I've ever seen. It was in an sports. exciting, it was exciting, exciting as hell. Hours. But yeah. yeah, really. But you play 162 games to play one game and be bounced. Right. That, it's criminal. It is. So, it is crazy. And no. we're going to, we'll do a deep dive into playoffs or into 20 yeah, baseball, I guess, before the playoffs start. We got about a week. Um, let's see. Is it about a week? 10 days or so until, um, until the first playoff game, which would be next Wednesday. Um, oh, so it is the fourth, the third, or either Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's the third and the fourth. I think it's it's dude. It's exciting because I think we're we don't have a target on our back. It's going to be uh, what well, we do, like I said. But with record wise, you know, the last couple of playoffs we've gone in, we won. The, I think nineteen, we won like hundred two games or something like that. Um, and then the year after that, we and that were, was against the Astros, right? Yep, and then, yeah, we got lost both games. And so it's like, hey, let's come in here. And everyone thinks we're going to lose. I think that's when Minnesota does best. If yeah. you're the coach, are you preaching to the team, hey, guys, just just have fun out there? Ah, uh, Dude, I don't know what you could say in that locker room to make them. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be the most nervous locker room ever. Who's your, yeah, in a row. Every single person's mind. Oh, my God, yep, uh, by in far. In the stands, everyone. on the couches, and yep, on the field. Uh, professional sports record, 18 in a row. So it is next Tuesday will be the first uh, Twins playoff game, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then a, a third game to be determined. If need be, who is the pitcher for the Twins next Tuesday night? Ooh, uh, I don't know. Hasn't <laughs> so I feel like the not the obvious answer, but maybe the more so obvious answer would be Pablo Lopez. But it's I got think it, you, as we, of late, hasn't Maeda just turned it on? Dude, there's been a couple different guys that you could put there. I think I think you make that trade for Lopez. To be our number one, sure. to be our number one playoff guy, and it, that kind of brings up the Barrios and Santana kind of dilemma that they had when in I think 2017 mm-hmm. when we lost to the Yankees, and everyone's like, "You, why you start? Why the hell do you start Barrios when you could, or why do you start Santana when you have Barrios, the young guy?" And I think this is the case of uh, that kind of same case of you got experience, you got versus the the hot shot that came in, and I mean we our pitching is so deep. I wouldn't really be upset with anyone they chose. Yeah, uh, even possibly Joe Ryan. I would be a little upset with that, but even possibly I, Joe but Ryan. it would be okay. Yeah. I mean, like it's he's got. I got confidence they're going to make a good decision in that case. But I think Lopez would make the most sense. I think yeah. they they have to go. They would probably have to go Lopez because uh, if they did went with anyone else and they lost, I think people would be mm-hmm. really fucking mad. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. Whatever. And we're gonna get your pops on too before. The uh, playoffs start hopefully, and it can be. We, well, we we'll, might have we, to go to him. We're gonna go to him. I think we're gonna do a little uh, about the pitch count or the pitch clock. Well, it's f- funny you say that because I think you got to get him on for go for hockey because he. I just walked one over there and he's on his phone. He's like, "Hey, Zach, we have." And he looked at his phone and he's got a a tracker to the to the second of how until puck drops for go for hockey, and that's in like. Love it. Two weeks and the Gophers play St. Thomas. Do we? Hockey coming oh up wow! Wow, that's I think one of sick. the first games of the year. Well, that's kind of sick. What's the line on that game? Minus six I, and a half. Seven. You know, yeah. St. Thomas turned it around last year for hockey a little bit more than they did. That they won three games the first year, and they had some pretty good wins last year. I, you know, I think the, the women's team didn't the go the St. Thomas team beat the women. I think they, oh, I think the they played team? them tough. Or they beat, I think they, they lost, but it was a it was a close yeah. it was a closer than expected. I, yeah, I don't game, know though. if they beat them. Actually, I think two, I think it was a tight yeah. match. Yeah. If we want to touch on that Minnesota that segue into Minnesota Gophers football, I'll just say <laughs> yeah, that I don't know what to... same time I know Minnesota is the lesser of the the Minnesota the D one Minnesota teams right now. The Gophers are. I mean, we just 
we're doing everything we can to just to make ourselves feel horrible, make yeah. Minnesota fans feel horrible. Thirty-one <laughs> ten ten minutes ago, Ryan Field four thousand fans, and <laughs> it all four thousand yeah. field. Everybody's yeah. hoping the game is going to get over and the Gophers run out the clock in the stands. Yeah, the, the Chicago yeah, yeah, Tribune. Is, yeah, the Chicago Tribune ran because of how late the game finished. They ran a story saying uh, Northwestern late comeback fault comes up short. Uh, Gophers oh, win no. thirty-one twenty-four. <laughs> they just assumed that Northwestern would would lose that game. That's and a I great know, story. I, I think I don't know when they went to print, but who was the Gophers player that downed the kick? Oh my gosh. three yards into the yeah, end zone. Redding is that was, He's that our was, punt returner. Was so beautiful. That was classic. That was he was so confident that, <laughs> that was he the had done. Oh ever my saw. gosh! It was. And it's not like their end zone was just green. Like it was. <laughs> it's a freaking purple end zone, dude. It's purple. Yeah, it, oh, dude, that God. was just is, silly. Is PJ Fleck the worst? Uh, yes. Let me qualify this coach, like not yes. like recruiter, he's not like worst. like program, like just like in game coach. Like, yeah, he's horrible. Worst? He's horrible. Like, would you have Brian Fearns as an in game coach over PJ Fleck at this point? Like, uh, calling maybe. your offensive plays. I don't know. Like, you it's, guys, it's coin flip, maybe. I mean, I was pretty. Dog, we at least dog put up a few points in the whiteout last year at Penn State. <laughs> but you get you're with, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Probably Ference. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> PJ kinda, is so bad. Yeah, and I kind of so feel similar about PJ and like KOC that you know they've had good wins in the past, but they're not going to get fired after the season. I don't think. No. But their seat is warm enough, I think, for both of them. <laughs> like KOC's seat is warm enough, I think, and yeah. for sure Fleck. That is probably one of the most embarrassing losses in his career as a U of M. Coach. Dude, that was. They're terrible. I mean, they're not going to win. Probably maybe one, one more Big Ten game, maybe two. If they're lucky, but that was pathetic. Dude, all know. of us, all of us Season's were saying, over. we're like, wow, impressive, you know, 21-point win on the road, Big Ten. We said that. I was like, that's a huge win. Got to feel good about that. Yeah. And we kept that. The Ohio State game on, and in the lower TV, we're just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I don't even <laughs> I don't know how they came back. I was not watching. We had it on the small screen. It was, it was, it was yeah, 31-10, and I look up, and all of a sudden, 31-24, and there's like a minute to go in the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, well, so. I think we, we all started paying attention when the guy was in the end zone, and he downed it in the end zone, and it was... It, <laughs> I think it was His five minutes, four track. minutes left. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, shit. That is a total Minnesota thing to do. Like, there's no, why wouldn't they come back here? And I'm, then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what was being called, and I haven't read anything about the game or anything like that. But I'm guessing PJ just ran the ball every play. He's like, oh, the game's over. Let's just run yeah. it. Let's go three and out. Let's punt it. Let's get the ball back. Let's go three and out. Let's punt it. And that's probably what they did four times in a row. And, yeah. Boom. And then we continue to be conservative in overtime. We start <laughs> yeah. off with a field goal. Yeah. And then they come out right after that and first, first play, play touchdown. Dude. Yeah. And like beautiful a, design. Like a, it was yeah. wide open. Like too. the naked, um, like the leak bootleg. Yeah. 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 It looked good. It looked good. And okay, this brings me back to the Vikings. How about that double pass today? We look like a high school team. <laughs> There's never guys on like double passes are somewhat of a common play in the NFL. Like that's probably gonna happen. Like that that exact play is probably gonna be ran ten times this year in the NFL. Maybe not, maybe five. But still, the Packers tried to run it today and it didn't work. Okay, so maybe it is 10 or or, or more, maybe even more than that. There's not a single time in the NFL that a player is open by that much. I mean, that was a high school play. That's what, even in high school, there's teams that cover it better than that. For sure. When you're playing cornerback or safety and a guy like runs up to you, like, I'm going to block you and then runs around you, you typically run with that person because you're like, oh, obviously they didn't try to block me there. They're going out for a pass. Yeah. Neither and with the guys. compound of, you know, you throw that behind the line of scrimmage lateral to the receiver. I mean, watching it on TV, obviously we have a different angle than the safeties, but right away you're thinking double pass. Yeah. And 
They were, they were so wide open, like you were saying, and again, comparing KOC to Zimmer, like those plays never worked against Zimmer's defense. Never. The sweep, the end arounds, all that stuff, it never worked because they had discipline yep. and they were co- coached well, um, emphasizing yeah. the little things. And if that happened under Mike Zimmer, that, that player would have been caught. <laughs> like he, that's what he did. We, yeah, we dra- right. It would have been our three starting D-backs. You're fired. We, because they all- we, dra- oh. we draft a kicker in the fourth round. He misses a week two kick against the Packers, and he's caught the next morning. <laughs> and now he's an absolute And now he's the best kicker in, in, and his in brother, the football And his brother is a stud for the, uh, for the Packers yeah. now, kicking. Really? His brother is? Looks just like him. Oh, yeah. Kick is, is a bigger leg, too. Just fucking didn't... We can we can we can loop that out. Demolish the, the football. Just yeah. pounds it. Let's stay on this topic. I, I just something can't. It, <laughs> we actually for sure are starting Pablo Lopez. There's no other. I, I just <laughs> stay kept, on the I kept stewing. On, sorry about that. I kept stewing on that for a bit. I'm like that didn't yeah. feel right. We are absolutely 100 percent starting Lopez. Okay. And if we don't, then it's a, a travesty. Continue Joe talking, folks. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. I, I, that would have bothered me. That would have absolutely bothered me if I didn't say that. Yeah. We Who's starting game two. Uh, it could be anyone. Okay. <laughs> Give me 10 minutes to stew on it. Okay. I'll come up later for an option. Uh, I feel like it, has, it would be sunny or my, it's gotta be sunny. I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go Pablo and then sunny. At first I was thinking like, Oh, it could be sunny. Oh no, it could be Pablo. Oh fuck. It could be Keiko. I was just getting, and I thought like, no, fuck it. It's Pablo's for sure. Starting one. And it's gotta be Ryan with two. And, uh, I'm going to just stop talking. You guys keep going. I would have been, like I said, I would have lost sleep if I didn't say that right there. So go ahead. That's good. We'll get uh, we'll get some more twins talking with your pops, and we can talk over hockey preview too. I think they got a pretty good squad coming back after the uh, the meltdown in the championship oh my gosh. game last year. Oh my gosh! We, um, we, we could have a, squad. We could have Zach and uh, Mister Mister Jack Pulley. I'll do a little uh, Gophers Wild uh, season preview. There we go. In the next couple weeks. When Holy does that season shit. start? Preseason I don't know. just started for the Wild. This this week, yep. I think it's wow. two or three weeks have, away. Like, yeah, not even maybe yeah. less than that. I think, mm-hmm. but yeah, coming up soon. sneaks up on you. It does. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy time of year. It certainly, for sports. Is. Um, what else? We hit on Gophers. Now one and one in the Big Ten. Yeah, they basically have no chance. I feel like of winning the West, um, but who knows? We'll see. I mean, the West is terrible. The West, West is, is terrible. The West is like this. Might be something where like someone wins with the third or fourth tiebreaker to yeah. win the West. Yeah. I mean, Similar to the Twins, we can make it out because our division is yeah. just so mm-hmm. bad. And then, and then you win the right to get curb stomped by uh, Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. That's mm-hmm. how it's going to play out. Yeah, certainly so. But, man, there are some good college football games on this week. That Ohio State-Notre Dame game was awesome. Um, Ohio State, I think, they, they played really good, but – Pretty lucky there at the end to not get that ball picked off, and then I, I ten players on defense, ten players on the field. They don't have the the left tackle in there on defense, or I guess oh, it would be the that. right tackle. Last two plays, uh, and that's they actually defended it pretty good with ten guys. I mean, he almost yeah. didn't score on that on that fourth and one. <laughs> and if they have Notre a, Dame had ten they, guys on the field, if they yeah. have a right tackle, oh, they ran it right dude. at the right tackle. I, I don't even know if Ohio State you know, noticed, but you know Notre Dame fans say like, oh, like if if we just had that eleventh guy, yeah, like, that. No, that no. would have stopped it. It's, I think. it's, it's probably it was literally the right yeah. tackle, and they ran right at the right <laughs> tackle, and there wasn't a guy there. Like the linebacker had to come in, and there's nobody there to and, clean him up, you know. And we have to address Ryan Day calling out Lou Holtz, like as if he was gonna fight. I know Lou Holtz. That, was, that was wild, and, and he was calling Lou Holtz out for something he said in a, a fake interview, like a real interview, but an yeah. interview with a fake Lou Holtz on the McAfee show, which was over the top in every single question, like shouldn't have been taken seriously at all. Yeah. And Ryan, like Ohio State fans hate Ryan Day. 
if you if you look up if you go on to Ohio State football Twitter like the fan accounts whatnot, all game every week this year they're calling for Day to be fired all game. It is it is amazing. It is beautiful to see a team that has had so much success absolutely despise their coach every single game. They want nothing more for him. Yeah, what was that to be fired? quote? Well, who said that? Hunter saying that that was an amazing quote. Where Harbaugh, Michigan's coach, says, uh, "Oh, the, Ryan Day was." Talking in the media after a win or something, uh, and it's like you can get a triple if you wake up on third. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not hard to oh, get a yeah. triple if you wake up on third. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was something like that. And I thought that was perfectly said. Yeah, I mean, he came in with everything, and I mean, he hasn't fumbled it yet, really. I mean, if Ohio State loses to Michigan this year, then he might be gone. <laughs> but they don't seem that. like the Urban Meyer Ohio State Buckeyes. No, they don't. Yeah, I think it was something like. Uh, Ryan Day woke up on third base and thought he hit a triple. Yeah. Oh, okay. yep. <laughs> that's great. That is really funny. I think he good, said that before he yeah. beat them, too. Like, he said that yeah. he gave them the bulletin board material before the game and then went out and beat them, which is <laughs> that's some, that's pretty cool. some sicko shit. Yeah, that is awesome. Anything else, fellas? Any other sports we didn't hit on? Go Pack Go. Two and one, baby. Yeah. Congratulations, Randy. Iowa got their doors blown off and white out. That was fun to watch. Packers are two and one. That NFC was, North, baby. That was fun to watch. Vikes two games back in the NFC North. It's still a dog race for this terrible division. Um, they got to get some wins though, and they got to do it quick. O oh, and three are the Vikings after a twenty-eight to twenty-four defeat at home. Now make it three straight home losses if you're going back to the playoff game last year, um, which. It's tough when you look at the Vikings, historically one of the best teams at home. U.S. Bank Stadium, one of the best uh, home venues in, in terms of winning percentage for the Vikings. Not the case so far to start the season. we got to get that ship turned around in the right direction here pretty quick. Otherwise, things are going to go haywire. Zach Briel. Quick, quick to end here. Um, or maybe we're not ending it. I, uh, Packers this year are going to have a very, very similar season to the Vikings did last year because... I've never seen an easier schedule. No, 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 no. I've oh, never. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy schedule. Uh, oh, it's the I easy, love it. It's I love the, it. Hey, hey let, could you let me talk? It's going to be the <laughs> easiest. It's probably the easiest schedule I've seen. Um, you guys have two tough games. Two tough games all year. The you Chargers couldn't beat and the, the Chiefs, Falcons. Yep. yep. And, couldn't and, beat the Falcons, which is pretty funny. Uh, but you guys are going to have success. You're probably going to go 12-5 and five and get murdered first round of the playoffs. You guys have a very similar year to us. So... Have fun while it lasts. Yeah, I'm gonna have fun, with, fun. I'm gonna have fun because I know I've got a quarterback for the next 15 years and Vikings. Vikings. <sighs> that is a bold so, take right there. That is super bold. Games. Super bold yeah. for I, sure. My and first, one of them my first to the Falcons. My firstborn <laughs> son will remember Jordan Love as quarterback of the Packers. We're gonna. That's, hey, that's how long he'll hey, be. Hey, uh, record that. this, clip yep. it, and <laughs> save it for four weeks from now. Yes, we will definitely. We will definitely clip this segment. When the Lions win the win the North by four games, we're gonna play it back again and again and again and again for Andy. Um, great, great episode, boys. We'll be back on Wednesday night. We're gonna do a preview of the upcoming games this week. We'll get our pick segment. We'll tally up our week one results as well. We didn't do a pick segment last week, but we'll get back on track with that. We'll see you guys all on Thursday. And day after day, I'm more confused. Yeah, look for the light in the pouring rain You know that's a game I hate to lose And I'm feeling strange Oh, ain't it a shame 
Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? Yeah. I'm beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind I'm counting on you To carry me through Boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? Yeah. And when my mind The guitar's coming through to soothe me Thanks for the joy that you've given me I want you to know that I believe in your soul oh, yeah. Rhythm and rhyme harmony You help me along Making me strong Oh, give me the beat, boys And free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Drift away Don't, don't, don't Give me the beat, boys Free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away Don't you take me away